If you want to be an influencer or a creator, you want to be a business owner, just start with what you see today because you're, the thinking that gets you to the next level is not going to be the, the thinking that got you to where you are right now, right? But if you start here and you keep educating yourself, you keep leaning in, you keep getting on the app and hiding if you must until you're ready to put yourself out there and like start to grow and start to evolve, then you're ready to go to the next level. And then you're like, oh, that's why I wanted to do it before. Someone looks at, you know, a Bethany Frankel or Tony Robbins. Robbins or Russell Branson. And we're like, oh my gosh, like they're so evolved. It's like, well, where did they start? You know, you don't, your first deck is supposed to suck so that one day you can have a presentation deck that's beautiful because you've learned from the mess. And I think that's the whole thing. People are so afraid. It's like paralyzing fear. But I always say done is better than perfect. Hi, I'm Kelly Namiro. Welcome to the Balancing Chaos podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we'll talk about wellness, motherhood, and some really exciting things in between. My goal is to help you develop a lifestyle that promotes health, wholeness, and success. Through my conversations with our experts and guests, I hope to inspire you to live a beautiful, full, and joyful life as you navigate balancing the chaos. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Balancing Chaos podcast. Today, we have the privilege of hosting a truly exceptional guest, Rachel McCord, a dynamic business expert with an inspiring journey. She started in Georgia and her career has absolutely soared. She shares platforms with influential leaders like Michelle Obama. Her passion for aiding and emerging entrepreneurs has led her to establish two impactful enterprises, Schreimer, McCord Media, and Long viral. Specializing in comprehensive education, consulting, and mentorship, she has catalyzed the growth and success of numerous businesses, including renowned brands like Disney and Warner Brothers. As a best-selling author, Rachel contributes valuable expertise to the world of branding and marketing, sharing unique insights from her journey. She advocates for authenticity and resilience, believing that these qualities are fundamental for achieving success. Her commitment to guiding and aspiring entrepreneurs is evident in her work, at the Female Founders Show, providing invaluable wisdom to those embarking on their business journey. So if you are looking to build a brand, grow a brand, start a new brand, this is the episode for you. Please help me in welcoming Rachel McCord. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. You are amazing. I love all of your talks. They're so inspiring. I love all your guests, experts. They're amazing. So I'm just super honored to be involved. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to have you. And I feel like with this being a show about, you know, health and wellness and um, all of those types of things, like trying to balance it all. We talked like very briefly before we recorded that you have a three-year-old as well. Like I'm very intrigued to know, like with these two companies that you have, you just told me about like a launch that you did on your own, like the app, like what, and you, and then you have a family life. How do you balance it all? Oh my gosh, you're so fun. Well, definitely there's a lot of chaos. <laughs> so that's super fitting. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's really about knowing that you can have it all, but maybe not have it all at the same time. I try to be really intentional about separating my time, doing time blocking. I do notice that the more I do in front of the camera, the harder it is for my brain to shift and just sit down and plow through text messages and emails. And so I usually do those, to be honest, in my bed every night before I start my day. So yeah. some people text me throughout the day, things that are very time sensitive, but if it's not like one of my assistants on my team or my project manager, I'm probably not even going to see it until the end of the day. So I'm usually like, I'm sorry, it's taking me like eight hours to respond, but it's the only way I can stay normal because I think when you're just plowing and running, it, it's so crazy. Um, and then, you know, of course, just when you think you have it all figured out, your little bug gets sick or something. And so then you're shifting everything around. Around. So I think the real, the word for me, even more than balance is, is grace, having grace for myself, having grace for life's ups and downs, um, what it's like to really accept the fact that I'm a human, I'm not a robot. So at times, hundred percent, you know, but I do my best. And I, I really think that when I became a mom, what changed everything for me was I just thought about it. I said, you know, what's it going to take for me to have something that's my own? Um, because I know that's important for me, but that it's important enough. What I'm doing is important enough for me to get off the floor with my son. Cause when you say 
say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So I have to say no to my son for an hour if I'm going to sit and do a conversation or a meeting. And so for me, it has to be tied into my why, the reason I feel like I was created to be on this planet. So with that purpose, I'm able to balance it and say, you know what? Every night I go to bed and I feel like I lived a generous day. And that's what's important to me. I love everything that you just said. And I think that like the idea of having a little bit more grace and compassion for ourselves is something that's really tricky for a lot of women to do. And so when we see somebody else doing, it's like, oh, I can give myself the permission to do that. Like I can feel safe in doing that. Like, I think that's really special. The other thing that I think that you said that was like really powerful is that you block off time for your text messages. And I think that everybody thinks that like, every text and every email that comes in is like a three alarm fire. And it's not, it's like, what are my priorities? And it's like, if this is really that important, this person's going to pick up the phone and call me. And so it's like, if I can wait until the end of the day or whatever it is and block it, I think that that's one of the best things that you can do to manage your time. So everybody take that hot tip because it's a good one. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your story and how you got into all of this from, you know, the time that I don't even know, like, tell me about like, how did you start everything? Was it like right out of school? How did it all go for you? Yeah. So I grew up in Georgia, really humble beginnings, uh, was raised in a family of five with less than $20,000 a year. We were in trailer parks. We were afraid the utilities were going to get shut off. We were going to be homeless. Like I was always afraid as a kid. So when I was the oldest or the youngest or in the middle I was the youngest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like the oldest oftentimes because my oldest sister, she's so fun. She's such a free spirit. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what would it be like to live like that? (laughs) I'm like, my spirit is free and full, but it's not a free spirit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, But, um, but anyway, so when I was 13 years old, I started supporting myself financially and started working at a job and I would literally work all day. My boss couldn't afford me for the full time I was working. So I'd clock out and keep working because I wanted to both be an integral part of his team. And I wanted to learn everything I could about business. So I just started studying it. I started looking at patterns and I'd gone through some trauma. And I'll be honest, I think that when you go through a traumatic childhood, you have to monitor, you have to watch for patterns so that you feel safe. And I applied that thinking, that survival mechanism to my business world. And I would look for patterns and then I would, I would document them. And so I would create operations operating procedures, SOPs. So I could like create standard operating procedures that would help the business thrive. And I was hiring and training at 16. I was managing it. 18. They offered me my first location. I turned it down because I was like, I'm not supposed to be a restaurant girl. I knew that much. Yeah. Uh, Then I moved to Hollywood and um, started doing events, working in a very cool environment. Like I remember the first time, my first week in LA, I was on the cover of Inquirer magazine because I'd walked a carpet with my sister and they thought we were a couple because they didn't know who I was. They just knew who she was. So it was, I was literally walking through Ralph's like, what am I looking? I was like staring at the back of myself and I was really confused. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it was like a wild season. And then I launched my first company, sold it by 24 in the event space. Then I launched my second company, And it was this big community of celebrities, influencers, and brands collaborating together in LA. And we launched that back in 2013 as this female empowerment, sassy self-help brand. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Because it was before female empowerment. Before that was like super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thought I was a complete zombie weirdo. And then I got to watch the market kind of grow around me. So then we got very busy and had to learn how to scale and grow. Uh, Then my husband and I kind of birthed Launchpreneur which is our my latest venture that I'm really focused in on. And that is all about helping entrepreneurs, creators make money doing what they love. So we've launched an app in the app stores so that you can get a non-caffeinated shot of espresso with me every Monday at 9 a.m. I go live and we tackle things to help you grow your list, to increase your sales. So whether you're a coach, creator, brand, boutique, or somewhere in between, we can help you really figure out how to monetize at scale. And I am having so much fun fun. It's like church for entrepreneurs. It's like that (laughs) weekly check-in. Everybody gets really opinionated, shares their feedback. It's been so much fun. I love that. I love, first of all, like that you're teaching people. And I want to get into that because I want to like know what mistakes people are making. And like, cause there's so many people in this audience who are women who are starting to, you know, dive into either 
starting their own brand or growing their own brand. But I think there are so many valuable insights, but I also love that you have like the community aspect tied to it because when there are other people involved, it's like that motivates the individual more to, you know, keep going and to learn from other people. It's very, very cool. So I love that. Um, I also like one thing that I gathered from what you said is that I think that like a lot of people who have these like humbler beginnings, right? It's like almost like they're like trying to like prove something when they're starting a business, which is, it's like, it's fuel. It's like, this is, I'm going to show the world that I can do this and that I can make something out of myself. And you absolutely have done that. Do you feel like there was ever a point in which you got to a place of like burnout where you were like, oh, cause I, you spoke about the trauma and you're like, this was kind of like my, you know, my motivator. Like it's kind of like what taught me and like what I needed to feel safe. Do you feel like you ever burnt yourself out? And do you have, did you have to learn from that? Or do you feel like you had pretty good boundaries with work? Do you mean how many times have I burnt myself? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I like, I speak this fluently. Um, you know, I, I realized that there was a turning point in my career where I stopped, had to stop running from my past and I had to start running towards my future. And that's really, I think the key that gives me chills even to this day yeah. in really tapping into your why so that you can live the life you were meant to be. But I know I was living this season for so long, working 17, 18 hour days, climbing this ladder of success, gobbling up accolades, like as if they were gonna fill me from the inside. And I think there were just many times in my life when I've had to shift. I, I feel like I'm truly one of those people who sheds full skin like I'm literally like I know today I'm not the person I was even six months ago a year ago and I hope I'm not the same person I'll be next you know next year I think it's really important that we stay hardcore committed to growth I've seen it sabotage so many people where they're just like oh well this is what I've been through this is what happened to me that and it's like and I always say look trauma is not your fault but it is your responsibility we have to make that decision that we're going to make a transformation we're going to change we're going to evolve because we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the world and I think a lot of people get into our lives through different means and and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but if we allow them to stick in there, then we're keeping ourselves back. It's like, how much are we holding on to and how much does that really weigh? So we have to decide that we're going to grow and evolve and be committed to growth as well. So I've I've burnt out a million times. I started yeah. over a million times. I've fallen on my face a million times. I think part of it is like, you've got to be so committed to the journey that you realize everything truly does work together for good. If you have faith and you know that you have a purpose that you're being moved and called into. And I think once you tap into that and you find yourself waking up with momentum and passion, knowing that even when it's hard, even when you're seeing almost like the opposite of good kind of come at you and you're feeling all the weights of the world that do come when you're doing good in the world. Like, even if you're pushing through all that, when you know that you're moving in the place that you were genuinely created to move in, it's like a current is pulling you. So yeah. even the hard stuff, it doesn't really matter because you're coming alive and you're helping people and that matters more. Yeah. I think that when you have this mindset that like you can figure anything out, like I can figure anything out, anything that's a challenge I can figure out, it completely shifts the trajectory of how you show up. And I so identify with this idea of like shedding skins um, because I think for the longest time I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go and I'm going to get my MBA and then I'm going to be like in this career. And like, that's the destination. And then like, I have to get to like the top of the ladder and that's it. But it's like, as an entrepreneur, it's like, no, like there are so many layers that whether it's a podcast and then now I'm like done coaching and I shut that down, but I'm going to open a physical location. And it's like, there are so many different layers. And if you're open to looking at it as like, okay, I'm going to enjoy the journey. I'm going to connect with myself every single day and understand like, does this still feel good? No, it doesn't. Okay. I'm going to shift gears and go in this direction. Like then it becomes an enjoyable journey versus if you're always just constantly looking at that final destination. So I think that's a, a fantastic piece of advice. One thing that you've said a few times now is like finding your passion and finding your purpose and like knowing your why. And it just talking to you and like reading your website and doing research on you, it's like you are a hundred percent like centered in that. And you know that. And it's like, it's very apparent and like, your writing and some of the videos I've watched of you is that, that like, that is that you're very grounded in that for those people out there who aren't, 
or who don't know, or they don't know like what they want to do, but they know they don't love their nine to five. Where do they start? Yeah, that's such a great question. So the first thing I would say is that you've got to get quiet within yourself. And I know everyone says this, like use your journal. I mean, it's because it changes lives to be honest. Yes. No big deal, but I highly recommend it. Um, you've got to get quiet yourself. And I think one exercise that helped me the most was honestly getting in front of a camera, giving myself a two minute max and just talking to the camera about who I was going to help and what I was going to help them with. Because if you don't script it, you don't plan it, you're going to feel your like sweating in weird places and feeling really nervous and be like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? But what's going to happen is you're going to fall back on the things that you know most. And for me personally, like if I shave away everything, like I know how to help people build brands and build business models around them. And I know how to help people simplify and scale and all these things. But if I shave all that away and I look at one simple thing that I feel like I'm uniquely gifted at, I know I can help people get unstuck and off the sidelines in their business relationships and lives in less than 30 days. I know that if I work with someone in less than 30 days, there's no way they're still going to be stuck. There's just not because what's going to happen is we're going to be faced with ourselves in such a huge way in such an honest way and a raw way. And I'm going to help them face the self-doubt and all the lies and limited beliefs that will hold you back from doing what you were created to do. And they're not going to be able to stop, but help because you have to, you have to move, right? When you're in these conversations with people and you realize that you don't have another choice, like we don't know how much time we have on this planet. And the best thing we can possibly do is understand the ripple effect of our actions. Like if I improve myself, I am who I heal myself then I'd go on for a million people. There's a ripple effect of benefiting a million people. Now, what if I go out and, and make it my mission to help five people in the course of my life? There's 5 million people that get positively impacted by that choice. And we just keep going on and doing more and doing more. And so when we realize that we can tangibly shift culture by actually making a difference in the world and committing to that and staying leaned into that, then it gets you out of yourself. So many people like are like, oh, I just really wanna like have a brand. I want to be really popular and have big following. And I'm like, okay, cool. And what do you want those people to say about you? Well, I want them to say I'm great. Okay. Why are you great? What makes you great? Who do you like? Oh, I like this person. What do you like about them? And you just kind of keep digging and digging yes. and you ask all those questions until it's like, oh, you like this person because they're a powerhouse because they like they bust through walls, they bulldoze them, they tear them down and they get you where you're supposed to be. OK, awesome. And I'm not saying that I'm meant for everybody and everyone's meant for me. Right. Because I believe people are pulled into your world for such a time as this. Like I'm it's not my mission field is not everyone, but I know that God puts people in my life and I'm supposed to fully show up for them at full capacity. And I give my all to absolutely everything. That doesn't mean I don't get super tired because I do. <laughs> that doesn't mean right. that I'm not like, oh, my goodness, like we have a lot of messages, but the beautiful thing about it is that if you're committed to making a difference, then you're basically always trying to create a self-sustaining model. My mission is never just to help one person. It's to help that person go on and help other people. And yeah. so then I'm building an ecosystem in a world around me. Like you said, the community with entrepreneurs where we help one another, we have these little silo zoom groups where we connect and then everyone's like helping one another. And I think it's the difference in people like, like hearing something and getting motivated, yeah. taking an action or actually transforming their lives. Yeah. A hundred percent. So actually I want to ask you one quick question before I go into, um, what I want to tell you, but, um, with your app, like, and you know, the community and everything, I think that there might be some people out there who are like, Oh, I'm like, I'm scared. Like I'm not ready for this. And like, I just want to like, kind of clarify with you, are people on all different points in their journey when they join the app? Are there some people who, you know, are already content creators or coaches or somebody who is like, I don't even know what I want to do yet? Absolutely different areas. And there we have courses on there as well. So it's not like, you, I mean, you can go in the app and totally hide. <laughs> you can go in there, you can consume content, you can get encouraged, inspired, activated, and, and not make a move for a minute if that's what you want. But I believe that if you lean in and you listen to the heartbeat of the app and what's really meant to be there to help you remove these limiting beliefs, then you will get to where you want to be. But so many people I think are so stuck, like doubting themselves and their voice, like a big one that I hear all the time is like, oh my gosh, but like, what do I have to say? Why does it really matter? It's already been said before. And I'm like, okay, well, let me ask you a question. Why did you come up with that? And like, well, because I was really struggling. Okay. 
<laughs> and, yeah. and over a billion people, is it possible that someone else is struggling with this? So we have to remember that right. and always be thinking about how we're solving a problem. I think that that kind of somewhat answers the next thing that I was going to say. So basically when I started on social media at all, it was me and my sister. And we kind of had that idea that you were talking about. It was like, oh, I want to like have a brand like, because everybody has a brand and it's cool to have a brand and it's like, whatever. And so it was like, that was what we were trying to accomplish, but there was no like passion behind it or like purpose. Like there was no fuel behind it. There was no like, um, uniqueness or like very niche kind of understanding. And then fast forward, like to COVID, um, I had just had a baby. She was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And we kind of like, we're like, okay, perfect timing. We're going to go our separate ways. And I had no idea what I was going to do yet, but I did know that I was like going through a major health crisis. I was really struggling with my like thyroid and my weight and like all of my hormones. And I was just randomly sharing with people like, oh, drink some celery juice. Like that helped with my digestion. And I was passionate about it because I was going through it. And it was also what was getting like the best engagement. And so I think that really speaks to what you're saying in like, if you can come back to like, I have a unique perspective. And even if somebody else has said it, like maybe I have a different way of saying it. I think that that's probably a helpful tool to people who are like a little bit afraid of taking the leap. It's a huge tool. And also just what you said is so beautiful because what you're sharing is like, you knew you wanted to do this. You just didn't know the exact vehicle to take. And that's why I always say you have to tap into your passion because it's going to lead you where you're supposed to be. Like my first company was not nail and head what I'm doing today and what brings my heart to life, but it was a part of the journey. And if I hadn't cut my teeth in the restaurant industry and learned hustle and process and all these things and worked with an entrepreneur in a startup in that like real messy, scary, this could fail situation. And yeah. then years later started companies and failed and, and won and, and now interview amazing people like Kristen Cavallari for Uncommonly James at NASDAQ in New York with my face on a billboard. Like, it's like, yeah. what is happening? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, if all that stuff has just led up to me getting to sit in front of someone and tell them that they matter, their life matters, they're actually special, their voice matters greatly. And if you want to be an influencer or a creator, you want to be a business owner, just start with what you see today. Because you're, the thinking that gets you to the next level is not going to be the the thinking that got you to where you are right now, right? But if you start here and you keep educating yourself, you keep leaning in, you keep getting on the app and hiding if you must until you're ready to put yourself out there and like start to grow and start to evolve, then you're ready to go to the next level. And then you're like, oh, that's why I wanted to do it before. I thought it was with my sister, but now I know that it was really meant to lead me here. But you, you know, we get so busy judging ourselves and our intentions and what we see for ourselves based on where someone else is at this level of their career, right? Yes. You're, you, someone looks at, you know, a Bethany Frankel or Tony Robbins or like Russell Branson. And we're like, oh my gosh, like they're so evolved. It's like, well, where did they start? You know, you don't, your first deck is supposed to suck so that one day you can have a presentation deck that's beautiful because you've learned from the mess. And I think that's the whole thing. People are so afraid. It's like paralyzing fear, but I always say done is better than perfect. Thousand percent. I think I would never like there's no way I would have this business and be where it is if I didn't go through exactly what you just said, like all of the stuff to be able to get here. And like, I'm, I would never call what happened with my sister a failure because it's what led me to this point. Right. And so I, I think that I, I really appreciate for that perspective because it does get people off their ass and like to take action. And it's like, you, it may, the first thing may not be the thing, but at least you're learning from this thing and you're getting on to the next path that you're supposed to take. I want to ask a question because you're doing, you know, your app and you are talking to all of these people who are creators in some way or another, right? Cause they're trying to, whether it's launch a product or a service or be an influencer, what's the importance? Cause I have a, this is actually like, I have a friend and a former client who's launching a business right now. I think there are those of us who are just like, I have no problem getting in front of a camera. I'm like, let's do it. Like, let's go. I've like, I've loved it since I was a kid. And then there are those people who are like, I don't want to talk to anybody in front of a camera. What is the importance if it is your brand and it's your service or it's your product of you getting on 
stories or TikTok or whatever your medium is and talking to the camera, your face? Yeah, great question. I mean, I'm a firm believer that no one will sell your business better than you if you've built a business that you're truly passionate about. But I always look at it like, okay, people seem to think that it's all about front door. Like we can only do it this certain way that everybody else is doing it. But I believe in the back door of a lot of things. And here's what I mean. When I built my career in Hollywood, I literally got in the back door, okay? Like it was like social media was popping. I'm like my sister's plus one. And I mean, don't think that I didn't go to many a, a award show with a media pass and then sneak my way on a red carpet to get in press. Like, don't think that I have not done these things, right? So when I talk about a backdoor, I mean, there are many different ways to get to the same outcome. So, you know, maybe for Jessica Alba, walking the, the carpet at the Emmys and getting best dress is not that hard because she's on the talent list. For me, I'm on the media list. So I went through the back way and then yeah. snuck up upstream and got, and I got covered by Marie Claire and Cosmologist as best dressed celebrity, which is crazy. Cause like tiny there wasn't on their talent list. You kind of got to commit to, to being willing to do things a little bit differently. Now, another example of this is a woman who is very popular and she's got a great voice in media, but she's always kind of been behind her husband. He has a very public brand and he's been asking her, Hey, like, can you start to take on some of these interviews and stuff? Because, you know, everyone's asking, for and I can only do so much but she's been really nervous about doing it because she's like I'm not about all that I don't need the attention like I'm kind of behind the scenes I'm a mom blah 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 but I said to her, I was like, well, here's the question. Like, what is it that you want to get out to the world? What is the message that you want other people to know? And so if you're connected to that message and she started saying, well, you know, I, I'd really like to see these shifts happen. I'm like, okay, well, could you talk about that? If you were going to talk about that on local news live and you were going to impact 100,000 people, and of those 100,000, 20,000 of them took action and 10,000 lives were changed as a result. Would you do it? So that's what I mean by the back door. You've got to get so connected in because a lot of people talk about their why and their purpose. And this isn't a new thought today. And I'm happy it's not because it's something that people have been getting better and better about over the past five years. The challenge is really when you think that it needs to look the same for you as everybody else. Some people might be nervous about being on a camera, then get behind a podcast, maybe just write something. You can also bring people in to help share your story. So it doesn't have to look the same as everybody, but I do think it's really important to ask yourself, like, what is the connection point? Like, what is the shift I'm trying to see? Cause I think if you connect to that, like for me, I'm not just trying to do a show on Bloomberg television. I'm not just trying to have an app to be like the Rachel show. I genuinely want to see entrepreneurs and creators get off the sidelines and get unstuck. So if that means that I have to face a fear that I had of going on camera and I I loved being the plus one in those environments with my sister, like getting crazy papped. I'd be like sneaking in the car. Like I had to unlearn those habits of shielding and hiding from it in order to build the brand we built today. But I will tell you for sure, it's connected to the outcome that I'm committed to. Like I'm committed to seeing entrepreneurs become millionaires and provide for their families because I'm sick and tired of people trading their time for money and for moms having to sacrifice time with their newborns because they don't know what else to do except go back to the job they had before. And quite frankly, as a mom, I'm not the same woman I was on May 17th, the day before my son was born. I'm just not. So right. I think that we have to commit to that and understand that. So if you commit to outcome, then you have the motivation to do whatever it takes. Are you exhausted trying to find solutions for your hormonal imbalances or trying to figure out why you have these symptoms, whether it's that you can't sleep or you're exhausted all the time, or you feel like you're super bloated and you can't button your jeans or you can't lose those last five pounds, whatever it is, look no further because I spent so many years of my life trying to search for answers and going from doctor to doctor. I put together all of the knowledge that I accumulated over those years and put it into a 17-week health and hormones e-course. It is this comprehensive program that covers a wide range of hormonal imbalances from adrenal and thyroid issues to menstrual irregularities and fertility problems and everything in between. If you have been battling with weight loss, metabolism, digestion, bloating, sleep, energy, anxiety, irritability, whatever it is, we've got you covered. 
What sets this course apart is that I'm all about holistic solutions. I believe in addressing the root cause of hormonal imbalances and providing you with the tools that you need to rebalance your hormones naturally because it is possible. But that's not all. Today, I'm really excited because we're offering our podcast listeners something really special. When you enroll in our health and hormones e-course, you're going to receive an emailed lab review at no additional cost. I want to ensure that you have the most personalized and effective approach to regain your hormonal balance. So if you're ready to take care of your hormones in a really natural way and find the solutions that you've been looking for, you can join us for a free webinar where we're going to discuss the most common catalysts for hormonal imbalance and share some of the top solutions to help you reverse and address them. It's your chance to gain these really valuable insights and take the first steps to a healthier and happier you. And the best part is, is that when you enroll in the health and hormones e-course during the webinar, we are offering you that email lab review complimentary on us. It's our way of showing you just how committed we are to helping you achieve your wellness goals. So don't wait any longer. Visit us at our website, www.wellnessbykelly.com and sign up for our free webinar and gain some really valuable knowledge to your hormonal health. When you're ready to take action, enroll in that health and hormones course and get that emailed lab review on us. It's time to take charge of your health and well-being before the end of the year. Get started now at www.wellnessbykelly.com. For some reason, for those of us who are like entrepreneurs as women, it's like we have this limiting belief, so many of us, that like it's about the number of hours we put in. And I can say like firmly that when I gave birth to both of my boys, it was like no more than like three days later was I back like in my business, like super overwhelmed, trying to like handle postpartum and run a business. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, like now I'm at a place where, because I have the support of like my membership and my show and, um, our course, like, it's like my business is supported in a way where like, I don't have to go back to coaching and like being on my computer and like, so in terms of like when you're structuring out your business, is there like a funnel that you recommend your, your, you know, people to have, like if they're in the services industry, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, it's such a great question because it does look different on on everybody. Um, But just today I was doing a live and we were talking about really building a summit out where you can connect with other experts who are in your industry and can bring light to topics that you care most about and that, you know, your target customer would care most about. So then you can collaborate together on a big event that everybody promotes. And so everyone's registering onto one page and that's your page. And so you're able to grow your list to do what what you've done, which is capitalize on that list to be able to monetize in a bigger way. So absolutely. I think there are many ways that you can go about it. I think doing a summit is probably the easiest way to build your list. Once you have your list, you can start to think about what are the digital products that these people will care about. Um, And I believe it all comes back to that topic. So you get your topic by sitting in front of a camera for two minutes and talking about your problem solution fit, right? Because if I know my business owners and my creators so well, and I'm passionately like in love with them and their outcomes so hardcore that I'm going to obsess about their business. I'm going to think of little things all the time so that I can show up every Monday at 9am PST and give them the best of me to help them be the best of them. And then in the meantime, help them along the way journey together so that they can be successful. So I think creating funnels are, is incredibly important, but you've got to fall in love with your customer first, because if you just try to create products, that you think are going to be great, but it's not because you've obsessed about your customer and you've studied the market and you've studied other people and you've read reviews on Amazon of like-minded authors who have customers that will say what they love and what they don't love. Like if you're not that like in the weeds with your customer, then it's going to be really hard to create products that you can then sell at scale and keep moving. Another thing that I see happening a lot that I think is really concerning for a lot of coaches is that they're chasing so many 
birds, right? It's like, this person said, I need this funnel. This person said, I need to go and do this thing. And I need to launch this show. And so everybody's like running in all these different directions. And the hard thing is that they're burning out because they're so busy trying to learn all the sides of their business. That's really not meant for them with entrepreneurs, right? It's so, it's so true. And you feel like you need to win it because you're an entrepreneur and you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to figure this out. Like, absolutely not. Like I literally built a virtual assistant team so that I can place them with entrepreneurs on our app and in our community who need help with fundamental things. And it's less than $16 an hour. So when you think about it, you're like, Oh my gosh, I could hire someone for less than $16 an hour, which is a lot for them. Cause we outsource it together out of the country. So they're able to live great lives. Lives. Our entrepreneurs are able to get their businesses off the ground, move from solopreneur to actually having a team behind them. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, like I took that $16, invested it in an hour with someone else. And as a result, I was able to get on a sales call and close a $10,000 deal. It's like, that's how we have to start thinking about our businesses. And that is how you start getting that scale so that you could have a four hour day or a four hour week, but you've got to create structure to get there and don't try to chase down every single thing and do every piece of your business just because you think you can't afford not to, like you can't afford not to have somebody helping you on the journey. Cause it's just crazy. <laughs> no, I honestly, like the best thing that I ever did for myself was like hire other people to support me because I don't want to be scheduling my clients. I don't want to be, you know, even like at the end of like my coaching journey, which is like just wrapped up recently. Like I didn't want to be taking sales calls. Like that was for somebody else to do like, so that I could do the things that like I really thrived at. And like at the beginning, I get it. Like there are certain things that you have to set up, but once you get those processes in place, like having the support is like, it's absolutely invaluable. I think that one of the really important things that you mentioned was building a list. And I think that a lot of people think like, oh, I'm just going to have an Instagram following or a TikTok following. And like, that's who my customer is going to be. Can you talk a little bit about, I think you kind of briefly mentioned it, like reading Amazon reviews or whatever, like how does a, how does an entrepreneur get connected? Like whether you're a coach or whatever with her customer and what's the best way to build an email list. Yeah, those are so important. <laughs> yes, those are great questions. So the first thing I would say, if you're trying to figure out who your customer is and what they care about, what they need the most, you've got to really fall in love with them. You've got to start obsessing about them the way you obsess about your business. And to do that, you have to tap into why you created the solution you have in the first place. Or maybe you haven't yet created your solution. And so you're trying out the market. One of the funniest things that happened was I had stacked my deck with a whole week of meetings and I was ready to do a bunch of sales calls. And then the weekend comes around and I started thinking and I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this project and this service that I'm about to roll out because I think that they need this. I think this is helpful, but I don't think this is what I was really meant to do. So I had this whole week of calls and I was like, what do I do? Either a, I just ignore my gut, which I'm not the queen of doing. I always listen to my gut. Um, or I cancel these calls and I didn't want to do either of these. And so then I was like, Number three, I'm just going to start talking to my potential customers and ask them questions. So it became a week of R&D, research and development. I literally just got on call after call after call. And what I saw was a common thread that everyone was saying they really needed content. And out of that, I literally birthed the McCordless monthly photo shoot where we would bring in 25 influencers and celebrities photographers, hair and makeup, and then brands would sponsor it. We would get like 2,500 pieces of content. We deliver it to each of the brands. The influencers would be super happy because they would connect with brands and get giveaways. And we'd be super happy because we were empowering them and doing like an empowering toast right before the kickoff of the event. Um, and as a result, I got one of my biggest contracts I've ever gotten for a whole year as a result of the success of them, we were doing road trips to Coachella, road trips to Magic. And so we were just doing all kinds of things in that space. Um, and it really came from just getting on a phone call with my customers and asking them honest questions, not because I was selling something. I just genuinely was like, I need to figure out what my next product is going to be. And it's not going to be what I thought I was going to sell to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I 
that's a huge one that can be really helpful and just getting to know your customer. Just get on the phone with them, talk to them, show up at a trade show, get a booth and practice your elevator pitch. Dude, it will call you on the carpet so hard. They'll ask questions and it'll challenge you in a huge way. And I think it'll change your game for sure. Um, so I would say that is really important. Um, I think that building your list is incredibly important. And the easiest way to do that is to bring value. So we all think about like, oh, like give a downloadable in exchange for an email. Like everyone knows that by now. And it's incredibly helpful. Everyone does it because it does really work, truthfully. Um, but I think you have to kind of go a step further now. Like you have to be able to create a two-minute promotional video. Not the first one that you do to sense out what your product is, but once you figured it out and kind of scripted yourself a little bit more, then do a promo video that'll really connect to your heart and with their heart. I think that empathy is the most powerful emotion in the world. So if you can connect your customer's heartbeat and what they care about, make them laugh, make them feel something that's really powerful. Also, we need to be able to clearly define what, what, um, validates our experience in something because so many people will get on a call and they'll be like, okay, like, who are you? What is this? You need to powerfully say what you've come from, what you've done, and how you've been able to generate specific success in a period of time so that people can really connect to that. And you should do the same thing with products, right? Like if I'm selling a beauty product, I need to clearly define what that product does and how it's going to impact the way someone feels. If we are still in the business next year where brands are only thinking about the product features and not about how the person features their product in life, then we're doing something wrong. I love that. So is somebody more likely to buy and I know the answer to this, but I just want to hear you say it from an email list. And they are to just like click your link on Instagram. Absolutely. More likely to buy for sure. I think the reality is that you're connecting through relationship in a deeper way. And at some point they've opted into that relationship. You also have to think about algorithms, owning your audience and the fact that new platforms are always coming. An example I use frequently is two of my friends started this very popular Vine. They had over a billion loops. Vine is where now. So then they're always chasing those audience members that were with them on Vine. And they're always like, oh, there's a new platform, there's a new platform. And the faster you can take people off a massive platform and put them into your world and start to nurture them and, and romance them and give them what they need, the more powerful you'll be as a brand. And, you know, so many network marketers now don't even care how many followers you have. I have like over a million on social media, but I know that I have lists and lists of, of micro influencers with our marketing agency who probably are going to hit better numbers than me because they're not getting pressed down by algorithms that are designed to make, to choke us out and make us actually have to buy advertising. So I think you have to understand the rules of the game and know that if you can figure out the fastest, most effective way to pull people out of a platform and into your world, it's going to be really effective. I think that's super, super helpful because I don't think that a lot of people know about the algorithms and all like all of those different things. Like it's really crazy how the landscape has changed just in a matter of like a couple of years. And I think that knowing that you own your list, like if Instagram goes away tomorrow, I have, you know, X many thousand people that I can email, like beautiful, like that, like that's, yeah, it's huge. Um, so with that being said, I think that to wrap up this social media kind of conversation before we move on, what is the biggest mistake you see, whether it's a creator or a coach or whatever, like someone who's trying to market their business on social media, what's the biggest mistake you see them make? I think the biggest mistake is obsessing about the number of followers and not obsessing about the actual targeted community you're trying to reach. I'd so much rather have a 10,000 following with people who are warmed up, ready for what I have to offer than 5 million people who are distracted and interested in every other random thing in the world. So I think it's really important that we're able to focus in on that and identify who I'm really trying to reach and speak directly to those people. Um, and then with that, the double click would be talk to one person, knowing that if you can identify not your customer avatar, like most people would tell you, like, like identify one human being that you see their face, you know, how many kids they have, what are their names? Like, what do they care about? What are they into? What are they not into? What would be a great turn on? What would be a great turn off? Like if you're at an event with them, what would you say to them? Write every email, social media post, conversation, 
conversation to that person, knowing that that person will represent a complete a complete target community and you'll reach them. But it's so much more important than saying, hi, everyone. Like people forget to like have a human to human interaction. And when we forget that, we actually lose sight of the ball. And I think it's really important that you're able to really connect at that one-to-one level at scale. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like knowing that you're talking to like one person is so, so powerful because then it also makes like the whole idea that we were talking about of getting on the camera, like less scary because like, Oh, I know exactly who I'm talking to. Like, it's not like this big grandiose deal. So, um, with all of that being said, let's shift gears a little bit to somebody who is like starting their business. Right. And so what I will tell you is that when I started this business, like I was flying by the seat of my pants. I've never done this before. I'm like no business plan. I literally just like started coaching one day and like, again, like it evolved from, from there. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to put up a page and sell a membership. And like, there was no thought like behind it. Now I'm going into like what I was telling you, like starting a physical location and there's a huge business plan in place. And it's like, okay, like what are like, how many rooms do we have to fill every day to be able to like hit our targeted right of a new goal, like all of that stuff. So for somebody who's starting, how important is the business plan? I think it's really important to have a solid business plan, but I also am a firm believer in iteration and evolution so that you can really kind of move with it. I think the really important thing to identify is the difference in brand awareness and call to actions. And that's the difference in a brand and a business because brand awareness says, oh my gosh, like, look what I'm doing. So many fun things. It's awesome. And it's really like feeding your ego versus like feeding your bank account. If you have a business, you're really thinking about your call to action. Like, what are we doing and why? Like, I know that it's really important that I bring people into my app. We've started it without charging anyone because the goal was really to start to build a community around it and really nurture them, listen to them and help them. But there's a point where you really need to spin and start to monetize. And you'll see that a lot with platforms in general, right? Like TikTok doesn't start right off and start charging people. They have to build the audience first. And then once they do that, they have advertising opportunities come through. So I think having a business plan is really important, but you have to understand that they both need to be together. So I look at on the base level, the foundation is your business plan. And on top of it is the brand awareness and all the fun stuff that we do in between. So if everything can loop right into your business plan, then you're in good shape. But if you haven't found a way to truly make money doing exactly what you love, then you've got to keep tweaking it. And a perfect example, of this is when I started the McCord list, I wanted to do female empowerment and I didn't know how to really build a business around that. Um, But it was very quickly that I learned the more I entertained super influential women, the more brands would want to reach them. So I could monetize through sponsorships in the same way an influencer who was more involved than I was at that time could get an endorsement deal. I could say, Hey, look, I'm going to not only help you, but I'm going to help you with all of them. So I think that's really important. I definitely think that, you know, having the brand awareness piece is also key and they have to kind of like be this balance. Cause there's a plenty of people that you'll see on social media who are like, Oh, I'm planning this big new thing or this big new launch or whatever. Like we're going to have, but like, then they don't really like put the call to action in there. And so I think that like having both pieces and, you know, being balanced in those things is going to be like a really key piece of somebody's six potential success, you know, when they're starting a a business or like, even if they're growing their business, I think you have to have both. And I think that that's great advice. I think the reason it matters so greatly is because most people don't do a call to action because they have crippling fear of rejection. They're actually right there. And to them, they're doing a call to action because that's as far as they feel comfortable being from a vulnerability perspective. So what we have to do is like really hold ourselves accountable to that middle ground between brand awareness and call to action by really asking ourselves, what would it feel like if I put myself out in this way, if I put a number on my membership? Because if you're not valuing yourself, you're not valuing your business, then you're not going to let anyone else value it either. So sometimes people just don't make that jump. It's a fear of rejection thing. And I think when we tap into that, it can really make the difference. Oh, yes. I think that that's even like some people who we were talking about before, like the fear of like putting yourself, your, your face on video. It's like, I think people have this fear that like, oh, like, well, what if nobody watches it? Or what if, you know, nobody likes it or nobody comments it? 
clicks the link, whatever it is. It's like that fear of rejection. What is your biggest piece of advice for somebody who, who has that fear? Like, what are they supposed to do? Like, is it small baby steps? Like what's the way to get over that? Yeah. I think that the solution to fear is faith because anytime you have faith in something bigger than yourself, you're not so tied up and worked up about what one other person thinks about you. You actually believe that what you're doing is a part of something bigger. Like I have a really strong faith. I'm a total Jesus girl, to be honest. (laughs) So for me, it's really um, changed my life. Like diving into my prayer time, my Bible time, like deep diving into my heart work sets the foundation for everything I do as a human, as a business owner, mom, wife, friend, sister, daughter, all the things. But without that, I get weathered by every storm that comes at me because I actually, I wasn't tied into the fact that I'm a spiritual being in a public, in a, in a physical world. Right. So then you take that and you become in a public world. It's even crazier. But when you shift everything around, you're like, you know what, actually, like I want to pour into others, which means I want to be poured into to pour out. I don't want it to be my thoughts and my voices. I want it to be life and I want it to be spirit and I want it to be empowering and transformational. So I know that it's most important that I get my input right before I start focusing on my output. And when I do that and I shift that thought process, and I stop standing on shaky ground where I'm swayed by every person's mood, vibe, eye roll, or like judgy voice. <laughs> you know, it's like, like I don't get, I don't get like moved by that because I understand that when I say something, something's happening in your spirit. Either you like it, you don't like it, you're moved by it, you're activated by it, or somewhere in between. And I realize that it's really not about me because I don't think I really like have problems with people in like the normal world, right? I think it's all a spiritual thing. So then for me, when I go out in my business about that I'm thinking, Hey, you know what? Like it's only my job to bring my five loaves and have faith that they're going to be multiplied into the 5,000. Like, I don't actually need to have it all together. I don't need to be the winner here. I just need to show up and let my heart lead me to say what I'm supposed to say in the right moment because there is a chance that there's someone on the other side of it who needs to hear it. And I'll tell you when I started my brand and I was so scared and I didn't think that my voice was going to matter. And my husband asked me if you could help five people who struggle with panic attacks, anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, trauma, suicidal ideations, like you have, would they be worth it? And I was like, five people, are you kidding me? Absolutely. So every day of my life, I'm not really trying to get a big clothes or figure out my next car. I feel a very abundant life and I'm super blessed and grateful. I'm genuinely looking for my five in every conversation, every moment. So I'm showing up with that intention. And so I'm not tied to a financial outcome, which means that I'm not connected to emotionally what's going to happen because I'm really just trying to help people feel loved, to get hope, to feel inspired and activated so that they can live the life that they were actually created to live. And they can go on and share that as well. I think when you're, you let go of controlling the outcome, you're so much more likely to manifest what it is like the idea of like what you want versus like, oh, I I need to have like make $10,000 at the end of this day. And like that, like, that's it. It's like, okay, no, like I want, this is the, like what I want to help. This is like what I want to provide. This is like the out, what you're saying about output, like, but I'm not controlling the output. And I think that that's really, really powerful um, in terms of actually calling in what it is that you do want in terms of success. Um, I think that one thing that I thought was really interesting was yours. Like, I, like, I try to like, you know, you pray or you, you know, have your time with God to like, be able to understand your input so that you can put it out into the world. Right. And I think that what we see on social media a lot these days is like somebody mimicking somebody else that they're seeing on social media. And like a lot of people not really even necessarily having their own voice anymore, or people getting you know, comparing themselves so desperately to like everybody else that they see. And that that's where that fear, where they shut down comes from. Do you have advice for people in terms of like, should they consume less should like, so that they could be their authentic self? Like what does that look like in your life? 
I definitely consume less. Um, I'm not doing it strategically to not be um, kind of regurgitating that. I like that example that you were giving. Um, I, I choose not to consume more of it because I don't feel like it feeds my spirit. And so right. I have such limited time that I can dedicate throughout the course of a day to things. So I really don't watch the news. I tap in when I feel like I need to learn something or know what's happening or if there's a cause that I want to support publicly or just perfect like privately in prayer or in any other way. So I tap into that. But I think what's really tough is that so many of us feel this like crippling fear because again, we're so busy judging someone else's final, right? Like if someone's been at their brand for 10, 15, 20 years and you're just getting started and you're looking at that and that's the reason why you're not getting involved. If you would tap into that emotional thinking, and I think you had a, a, a podcast very recently where you guys were talking about the negative thinking, right? I think it was with yes. Craig or Yes. You know, it's like it, it creates momentum. And the problem is, is that like, if you let that momentum take heat and take heart, it gets into your spirit. And then what are you going to have to give now for the people who are sharing messages that they've seen and they've been inspired by? I think that's awesome because I don't think that good words return void. So I think the more voices that we have sharing positive light and love right. is amazing even if it's what everybody else is saying, like, can we please get everyone saying that? I think it becomes toxic when it's sharing negative messages and things that aren't fully researched. And then you're sharing it in the world and you're just trying to have an opinion. And I get it. I understand that because we all want to be heard, known and seen. But the problem is like, if it's not making the world better, it's not make, it's making the world worse because I believe in the slight edge where everything's like at a curve, it's not flat. So either you're investing 10% more every day and you're seeing a better outcome Come, or you're staying stagnant, which is actually kind of going down. So it's really important to think about the words that we have power of life in our tongue and what we say. And so if we choose to speak life into ourselves, into our families, our children, our friends, our community, we actually create more life in our own world. And so I think that's the key. Like a lot of people love manifesting and envisioning what they want, what they want to see. And I think it starts with thinking about the planet that we're leaving behind for our kids. Like, what can I personally do to make a difference in the world where I can pray for the person my son's going to end up with? I can pray for my world. I can invest in my community because you never know how it's going to hit and how it's going to touch. And as someone who's faced suicidal ideations and wanted to give up many times in my life, I can honestly say that you really never know how put together someone might appear, but how ready to give up they really might be. And so I think we have to understand that and take heart and realize not in a sad way or like, like a pity way. It's more of like having compassion for our world. And I think, you know, compassion is what is what motivates movement. If we just have empathy, it's like, oh, I feel bad about that. But compassion says, I, I feel something. I want to make a difference. I want to give back. I want to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that you said in that, like, cause there's so much really valuable insight was like the idea of that, like slight edge of like improving that like 10% and seeing the outcome or like staying stagnant. And I think that for so many of us, we get confused about, okay, like what are the important things to focus on in terms of consistency? When we think about specifically like marketing your brand and like, whether it's a newsletter or being on social, like, let's just talk about those two things. Like how consistent do people need to be in order to be able to see the success they want? Yeah. Great question. So a lot of people leave a lot of money on the table because they don't send enough emails. They're afraid they have the fear of rejection, fear of unsubscribe. <laughs> so they don't move as much as they should. I think that you could really move and do like five messages a week four, somewhere around three. Like if you're in that zone, you're going to be in a great place, but only if you're creating real value, real tangible right. value. You don't want to just say something to be saying it, but you really want to be thinking again, who's your customer? What are they dealing with right now? What is, what is this season of the world bring up? Like you think about like, if you watch news and you see like the stories that come up at this time of year and then you know it's February and then there's love stories there's always like a, a theme so if you can think about that and and bring some insights into that space is really good um if things are tough in the world which I think we've all seen like bring a little more love and light like give your customer what they really need especially if you're a coach because this is the time for you to really rise up and make a difference in people's lives um for social media you know I think that you've kind of got to gauge based on the platform, but one to three times a day is really good. I personally have 
a, a love hate relationship with social media, which is really funny because I've built a big platform on there. Um, but I think the way that I, I've kind of um, worked it has been, you know, I focused on sharing my heart and my stories and just let my feed be a representation of myself. Um, I don't like my business more of like a resume because I go and speak at different places. And the first thing they want to do is check out your, your feed. Yeah. And so I like to clutter it with like, a selfie that I just took because I didn't have a professional shoot or I didn't have a speaking engagement that I wanted to highlight. So I actually take those things pretty seriously. Um, and then I think on TikTok, I've been a little bit more chill. And lately I've started to focus more on empowering business content that matches what's in my app because we're actively growing my TikTok. So yeah. we're thinking about those things differently. So, I mean, if you're actively growing it one to three times a day is great because it's all marketing. As long as you're sharing noteworthy things and encouraging that things. are actually helpful. Yeah, I think that's the most important part. I love that. So with all of that being said, one of the like last kind of questions that I typically ask every guest is like, what are the things that you do to like maintain that sense of balance in your life? And you kind of talked about that at the beginning where you were like, you know, I only answer text messages at this time. Like, and I like time block my day and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I'm really interested in is like, you're like, I have my like faith-based practice and I connect to spirit. Can you talk a little bit more about that and like what that looks like in your day? Is it like first thing in the morning? Is that when you're doing these types of things? Um, and anything else that you feel like really grounds you? Yeah. What a great question. That's a beautiful question. Thank you. Um, I would say that first of all, um, the deeper you go on a spirit level, uh, the more that I feel like you can connect to spirit and actually get the promptings that you need. And a perfect example is about five days ago, I had this prompt in my spirit that I was supposed to listen to the sermon and I kept trying to listen to it, but I kept getting distracted. And today it happened again. I was like, okay, I call them little God winks because you know, when something's just so perfect, it's like exactly what you needed to hear. And there's no other way that it could have happened except that it was a God wink. So that's what I see it as. So I let those moments really guide me. Number one, one. And so it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Nothing else matters more than my connection to Holy Spirit. Like I just really want to connect and I want to make sure that I'm moving in the right journey because again, like that's my number one priority before anything else. So I do try to start my day with something there always. And I always have grace for myself too, when I don't get it the way that I think I'm supposed to, um, because you know, that, that sermon, it, it took me five days, but today is the day I actually listened to it. And it was exactly what I needed to, for today today. And it was about something that had happened last night. So those are those little things that are like, Oh my gosh, it's like little, um, beavers in your brain. Um, and then I will tell you one thing that totally changed my life. Cause I was struggling. I didn't even realize it, but I struggled with a lot of post um, postpartum anxiety. And after I had my baby, I was just scared of everything. And I had built up a system before I had my son because of what I'd been through. I found like my rhythm, how you start your days, how you live your day, do your positive affirmations. Like I did all the things. I have dream boards, vision boards, all the things. But once I had a baby, it was like everything changed. Like the like the stakes were higher, risk was higher. And struggling with PTSD, everything could be a threat, right? And so you have to really kind of like balance that. So I remember um, really struggling with it. And then at the beginning of this, this year, I did the Bible in 90 days. So I literally read 19 chapters of the Bible. I'm sorry, 13 to 19 every single day. There's this whole plan, the 90 day Bible. And this woman, I met her at this conference and she said, you have to do this. And she, it was just such a beautiful God wink meeting her in general. Um, but I can honestly say it totally changed my life. I went from like feeling so anxious, like all the time to like reducing it down to like a three. And I'm talking, I was about to get back on medication because I had taken medication before yeah. and in work with my heart and stuff, like just trying to get healed from stuff. And I was about to get back on it because I felt like I was at the end of my rope, but that really changed everything because I saw these miracles come alive. And I started thinking, wow, like if I believe that that's real, which I do, like, if you believe that that's real, then of course you're going to have God show up in beautiful ways in your life. And I think a lot of it too, is just knowing that like whatever someone believes in, like, cause we all have different faith. Like I know mine's very specific and whatnot, but like, we all have something different. And I think if you just tap into that with your whole heart and allow it to change you and do what works for you. I had read over a thousand self-help books. I had chased down everything I possibly could and nothing helped me until I really doubled down on my faith. So starting my day with that's really important 
important. And sometimes it's just listening to the Bible app on you version because I'm like, I'm driving, I'm moving, I'm a mama. And sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is the Old Testament. It's really intense. I cannot play it right now around my kid. You know, <laughs> so you you got to really balance these things and you're like, okay, but you know, I, I also just, I just love, um, I just love connecting to people and hearing what they believe in and encouraging them because the most important thing is that we create a non-judgmental place because I think some of the most beautiful I think the the passion of Christ is the most beautiful love story of all time but it's turned into so much judgment because we've all experienced church hurt and it's like turned so many people off I mean I one of the most abusive people in my life was a pastor so like I I understand for sure but I also understand understand the miracle of redemption and healing, forgiveness and grace. And so I love that. And it's literally like, I'm so grateful that I have the platform I have now because it gives me opportunity to go and share that. And literally this week, I'm going to speak at a mega church, one of the like top 10 churches in the world um, to talk about this nonprofit called Hope for Kids to help give Christmas to kids who need food and the fundamentals. And, you know, it's like $50 sponsors a kid for the holidays. And so I'm getting behind it full force. And, you know, these are things that have happened as a result of a little dream, major self-doubt but a decision to push through that. And I think that's the story of today. It's like, how can we commit to doing something a little bit every single day to move in the direction of our passion and our dreams? And knowing that whether you work for someone, you work for yourself, your stay-at-home mom, what you're doing is tremendously important. Every time you take, you take a patient moment to get on your knees, look in your child's eyes and say, I hear you, tell me again, are you okay? Instead of just being like, you're fine, it's fine, whatever. Like we're changing the course of the future. And so I believe in it with my whole heart. And girl, I could not be a mom without my faith. Cause I, I would be right. <laughs> oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Like I say the same thing about my meditation practice. It is what keeps me like stable because if I don't have that, I'm like, I'm flying off the hand. When it's time for me to do a prayer because <laughs> I'm falling off the deep end. <laughs> thousand percent. I think that that's so helpful. And I think that like tying it all into that bow of like having the faith so that we can like move in the direction of the person we want to become is like, it really does wrap up this episode so beautifully. So if anyone wants to work with you to use the app, to follow you on social, tell everybody where they can find you. Thank you again for having me on your show. You were so beautiful, like literally stunning. Thank <laughs> and you. Amazing inside and out. So thank you for having me. But um, but for sure, if you wanted to um join, I think the app is the best starting point because everything kind of starts and ends there. It's Launchpreneur, Google Play, Apple Store. It's amazing. Um, I am on Instagram and I am Rachel McCord. But again, if you get on the app, it's just going to kind of give you that whole journey. And we also let our um, our audience give us topics that they want to hear about and see so that we can actually give that individualized coaching plan that benefits the whole community. And that's kind of my favorite part. I love that so much. And I think that so many women and men, everybody out there could really benefit from that, whether you're in your own business or just starting out. So Thank you so much for being here today. If you guys aren't watching on video and you're watching, you know, or you're listening on the podcast, Rachel is also extremely stunning and you have such a big heart and you've shared so much empowering knowledge today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, my love. You're awesome. I'm so excited to see you more. <laughs> I hope that you loved that episode and that you found some helpful tools and insights to help you heal and come back to the most vital version of yourself. If you did, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. That's the best way to support us. You can follow me on Instagram at wellnessbykelly and sign up now for the seven-day free trial of the WBK app and our health and hormones course through Labor Day. When you do, you'll get 20% off of the course and 10% off the annual membership. For the course, use the code BALANCINGCHAOS20, that's B-A-L-A-N-C-I-N-G-C-H-A-O-S-2-0. And for the membership, use the code BALANCINGCHAOS, all one word. In our course, you'll get access to an email lab review plus protocols that are built out to help you heal whatever hormonal imbalance you're struggling with. For our membership, you'll receive a library of content in our app with low-impact workouts, blood sugar balancing recipes, and mindfulness meditations all designed to help you balance your hormones naturally 
and feel like your most beautiful, joyful, and vital self. Thanks so much for joining. See you in the next episode.